0: Voices serves as the megaphone for individuals who have endured transformational change. By highlighting trials and triumphs, our desire is to create a safe space for pivotal conversations, which in turn will deepen the story and provoke hope for you, our listeners. As you may know, change is never easy, but it is inevitable. You are not alone in what you're facing. Your transformation is possible, purposeful, and now. And here's Aaron Wiggum, founder and managing director of New You with this week's guest.
1: Welcome to another edition of New Voices. We are in for a treat today. We have a wonderful woman who has become a dear friend of mine. This is one of my most favorite people in the world. Um she is a native New Yorker and has spent uh, a long time here in Tulsa, but she still is a New Yorker at heart. Uh, She's a global traveler. She is a global ecosystem builder. She is soon to be an author. She is an amazing mother. She is a fearless woman. She is a blueprint. She's my friend. I bring to you none other than Cecilia Wessinger. Welcome to New Voices, Cecilia.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. I looked around the room like I don't know who he's talking about, but <laughs> I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored.
1: Absolutely. Uh, this is one of the thing, uh, shows that I, I, I anticipated. Um, and when we came up with the idea to start New Voices, you, of course, you were top of mind, first person uh, that I thought of um, because of your story. And so... Uh, we, you've shared so much with me and I think that it will be uh, behoove us to share with our listeners. Uh, a little bit about your story and the journey that got you from New York to Tulsa to where the world now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're global, right? And so uh, let's get into it. Let's start at the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about your story.
2: Well, I I didn't start off in New York, but I am as you said. And I think that that part of the reason that that I'm I'm all in your face is maybe part of that New York thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was born in Japan. My family's from Taiwan mm-hmm. and we immigrated to New York where I most of my years, development years were. So I am a New Yorker as you said. You can you can take the girl out of New York, but you can't yeah, but take New York out of the girl, right? It. But uh, but I think that that you know the idea of, um, or the the experience of growing up as an immigrant, mm-hmm. where you're born into a culture that, no matter how long you stay there, you will never be part of. Mm. Right. So, um, Japan is a lovely place, and I have fond memories. And although my first language was Japanese, mm-hmm. because my family was Taiwanese, uh, we didn't actually. Fit, fit or belong yeah. Yeah. and then I wasn't really Taiwanese because I ha- didn't see the place until a couple of years into my being on this earth mm-hmm. and then when we moved to New York well you know I, I moved into an area that's that was predominantly Irish, Italian, and mm. Jewish. Okay. And I don't blend. Mm-hmm. I'm Asian. And so that wave of Asian immigrants that came over after the repeal of the, um, the Chinese Exclusion Act okay. and the, the Immigration Act in 1965. So, so that, that first wave of people that came, looked around, didn't see anyone like you. Mm. They're just now celebrating the... Um, the anniversary of the show, the show Zoom, not the platform Zoom. Yes. But this show was the first time I saw anyone that looked like me. Wow. Who, yeah. I mean, it, she was a young girl named Bernadette, mm-hmm. and she's Asian. And and I thought, ah, there's Asian people on TV, mm. right? And it's a powerful thing. Yeah. You didn't see that. and Most of the Asian people that were on TV at the time were uh, – either maids mm-hmm. or um, or just poor people yeah I yeah. mean servants yeah. and poor people or a little dragon lady kind of action mm-hmm. but it wasn't anybody that you aspired to be and I remember when Katie Tong became a news anchor on the local ABC affiliate mm. and that was that was like oh I'm gonna be a journalist you because go. you saw that you was saw possible. It. yeah so yeah and then and then how did I get here well, I left New York to bum around Southeast Asia, find my roots, and I ended up with a Texan. Wow. Um, we lived in Dallas for a little bit, and he got a job offer in Muskogee, and I told him this New York girl isn't living in Muskogee. Nothing against Muskogee, but it's a little too quiet for me. Yeah. And um, well, I got rid of him, but you know I'm still here. <laughs> so.
1: Okay, very good. And so as you were going through <clears throat> this journey and you're navigating these different populations, um and you're you're talking about the struggle of like belonging Mm -hmm. finding your place right uh finding your people can you lead us through like what what were some moments that you had in your in those experiences that you felt uh i finally am assimilating or maybe not even assimilating but i feel like i'm being accepted for who i am
2: Oh yeah, there's a big difference, there's a difference between. between there's and and I think that that sometimes we conflate the two. Absolutely, and so I want people to be mindful of: Are you assimilating to f- try to fit a in? Right, right. Or are you or, being authentically are you? Right, you, yes. So, so that takes a lot of um, strength and courage.
1: Dumption. right? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: So, so the first time I s- I felt a sense of belonging was, um, I. I used to be a little bit more humble and embarrassed about saying that I was smart mm-hmm. and I went to, oh, you have no
1: problem now. No, like, no, <laughs> no, actually, no, You
2: should not be right? That's and, right. And I think that, that sometimes that's, um, that's a cultural thing. It is. And, and you should not be ashamed of the fact that you have talents and skills mm-hmm. and they may not be talents and skills that other people recognize, right. but, but damn it, you have them, yeah. so you should you should be authentically, unapologetically you. Absolutely, right. But that does take courage. It does, and um, and a little bit of like not caring so much. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I remember um, um, really resonating with me was when somebody said to me, you know, uh, there's a quote that what other people think of you is none of your business. None of your business. Yeah. 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 So. So the first time I felt this sense of belonging was I I went to a specialized high school in New York Mm -hmm. where you had to take a test to get in Mm -hmm. and people came from all over the city and I traveled 45 minutes if I was early enough to catch the bus. If I missed my bus, it was an hour and a half to get to school in each direction. So this is 14, 15 years old traveling from Queens to the Bronx Mm -hmm. to get to the Bronx High School of Science. and. They weren't, not everybody was the same, but it wasn't because of the, um, the, the neighborhood that you grew up in or any of those things. And they all geeked out on very different things. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we were all kind of together made me feel this sense of belonging. I'll tell you how it translates. I feel so connected to my high school classmates that I've organized a high school reunion. Mm -hmm. I live 1200 miles away from where I went to high school, Mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic from April of 2020 through like May of 2021, every Friday night, because none of us were going anywhere, right. we were on a Zoom call together. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of people that show up. Now we do a monthly call, but, you know, I'm coming up on and, uh, you gonna Google me, you'll figure out that I am 57 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up on my 40th high school reunion. Wow, And- we See, I was going to say you 20th. Oh, but, you you're know, so sweet. <laughs> See, this is why you're a good husband. Yeah. Right? You just remember to say those things. That's
1: right. 40 years out of school and you're still connected. We're with your, your, very
2: connected. Your, wow. Yeah. Wow. So,
1: and you had some wonderful classmates who've gone on to do some wonderful things. Oh,
2: yeah. I went I went to school with some epic people. Yeah. So I'm uh, who I'm very proud of. And some of them, you'll never know what they did. But yeah. they're still amazing. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, the other group of people would be Springsteen fans. I'm a big Springsteen right. fan. Right now, I'm a little annoyed at him. Mm-hmm. So so we have this, but I, I mean, I follow this man around. But going to concerts with people who didn't have anything else in common with you, except right. the love of music, yeah. but I've seen him in 20 states and four countries. Mm-hmm. I've made friends along the way. We've shared... Um, you know, Airbnbs and hotel rooms, mm-hmm. bought each other tickets, shared a meal. Mm-hmm. and there's and those are the people that actually got me through my divorce.
0: Wow.
2: Um, it was having this space to go into mm-hmm. to be able to connect with people on a on a thing that that just felt like, like a, an oasis, mm-hmm. right? As you're going through trauma. Yeah. So, and the other group of people that I'm connected with are ecosystem builders. Yeah. Right. So I started out not knowing what the heck they were talking about. And now, um, actually, there's a bunch of us that are getting together and writing a book about it. So, nice. Uh, so, yeah.
1: We'll delve a little bit more into that in a minute. Okay. So I, I, <clears throat> one of the things, that you know, this show is designed to give a, a voice and a face to individuals who have been able to pivot and bounce back. Right. And so what, what we want to do mm-hmm. is I, I want to just, you know, kind of go into a little bit of a Valley experience. Okay. Right. Uh, because I believe that some, like a lot of times the beautiful thing about hitting rock bottom is the ability to bounce back. Yeah. And you don't bounce back sometimes until you hit rock bottom. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, talk let's talk about a low point uh in your journey um personal professional wherever you want to take it a low point that you you felt like you hit rock bottom mm. and when you got there what were your feelings around that time what were you did, did the therapy help you like what helped you to trigger and bounce back
2: so several times, right? I mean, it you can't you can't live all these years on Earth without without having some of that. And you're right about the hitting rock bottom. Yes. And I remember in my twenties when I was I was feeling aimless, mm-hmm. like I didn't know what I was going to do. And I said something about hitting bottom, and somebody said to me, "You'll know when you hit it because you haven't hit it yet." Mm. You know, and and the. The interesting thing about hitting rock bottom yeah. is that the harder you fall, yeah. the higher you can bounce, That's it. right? That's it. So understanding what you have. And he said you won't appreciate what you actually have until you hit that. That's it. And and those are the people that stay around you. Mm-hmm. Right. So surround yourselves with with good people. Mm-hmm. Um not people that that are judgy in a way that that tells you the trends and the you know the things that you're the the magazine surface whatever i don't think that that's the way you want to go i think that that um the people that will call you out yep right and and help lift you up call you up right and i i was talking to um there was an episode in west wing i was talking to somebody about and there was a, a thing about um alcohol addiction mm-hmm. which um I thankfully did I have plenty of other addictions, but <laughs> um but there was a, a scene where somebody talks about being in a hole, mm. right? And there was a guy in a hole and he kept calling out for help and people would pass him by and then um and then somebody jumped in the hole with them. Mm. And the, the guy in the hole said what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I, you, now we're both in a hole. And he said, "Yeah, but I've been here, and I know the way out."
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a
2: really powerful that's, thing. That's so very you powerful. Found finding somebody like that. So, um, so yeah, the divorce was hard. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, going into my little Springsteen universe yes. and talking about music and things that brought you joy. Um, but I think that the big pivot, um, which I've shared with you, mm-hmm. is when I got fired from my soul-sucking job. Yeah. Uh, so, 20-plus years in the travel industry,
0: mm-hmm.
2: middle management, got to travel around the world and do some really cool things. And I really did avoid hotels for a long time. <laughs> I, I've been in car rental. I've even sold vacation ownership. Yeah. But hotels are a pretty dysfunctional family. Yes, OK, sales blames operations, operations blames sales. I'm Nobody w- likes housekeeping. Yep. Those poor people, you know. <laughs> and I remember the first time I walked into the housekeeping um, meeting and they're like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I just wanted to thank you for taking care of our guests and, you know, and let you know, like some of the VIPs that are coming in. And they, they said, you are the first person in management we've ever seen here mm. in this room. Wow. right? Like we go to the or the head of the housekeeping. is so, so I got invited by a person who I thought was a friend to come and migrate from a hotel I was working at at the time to the hotel that I got fired from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And look, I'm not saying that I was the best salesperson, mm-hmm. or um, I I really enjoyed the relationships that I built. Mm-hmm. But after I got fired, it was two weeks before I turned fifty. Um, Right before I got fired, well, right as I got fired, my friends would say to me, "Oh, you hated that job." Mm. And I was like, "Why didn't anybody say anything?" Right, yeah. <laughs> right? You saw me die; and me didn't say anything. <laughs> like, Absolutely, I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So, so understanding that that it was something around being authentic, yeah. And um, a sense of integrity, mm. like following through on the promise yeah. and and that friction that you feel when you know the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but you don't do it. Mm. And so I made myself a couple of promises, mm-hmm. right? These are non-negotiables. I will never sacrifice my integrity for the sake of a paycheck ever again. Nice. Right? So understanding that, I that doesn't mean that I won't do sales, right? Because right? sales wasn't the issue. Right. It was a compromise, and I don't want to compromise things that are important like values, mm-hmm. morals, and integrity. That's it. Right? So so then, well, you know, who's going to hire me at 50? A middle management person who's who's had this career. And travel industry is like the first thing cut yes. and the last thing to come back. Yes. And, and navigating that. So I had, um, because I was in travel, I had this epic trip planned for my 50th birthday, mm-hmm. and um, and so you could shut yourself in and say, you know, I want to get away from the world, or I could freak out like I've done in the past and try to find a new gig, mm-hmm. right? And understanding that nobody wants to hire a desperate person, mm-hmm. so really you got to get in the right headspace. Right. The other thing is, look, I'm turning fifty, and regardless of what happens, I'm going to celebrate me. Yeah. So I went on that trip. Yeah. And part of that trip took me to um, the Grand Canyon. I wanted to whitewater raft mm-hmm. in the Grand Canyon. I'm a little lazy, so I didn't really want to hike down. <laughs> I wasn't going to get on a donkey, um, but I found this really cool trip mm-hmm. where I. Um, helicoptered into the canyon nice. we whitewatered for a couple of days I don't really camp either that's mm-hmm. why I was in the travel industry so you were clamping? I was glad. well it is really camping okay um, but you only did it for a couple of days and then I drove back but something really um, struck me mm-hmm. so I had friends that joined me which is really reassuring right so you need those people that are going to show up yeah in your deep dark moments and in your moments of celebration And we were downtown, and we were driving um, back on the Strip, and we stopped at a traffic light right by the Stratosphere. And I looked over to my right, and there were words on a a door. Mm -hmm. And I I felt really compelled that I made them stop the car Mm. to take a picture Mm. of these words. And if I can share them with you, I'd love to read them to you. So. The words that um, that I saw, I didn't know it at the time. It said things like, "This is your life, do what you love and do it often. Mm. If you don't like something, change it. If you don't like your job, quit. If you don't have enough time, stop watching TV. Mm. If you're looking for love of if, if you're looking for the love of your life, stop. They'll be waiting for you when you start doing things you love. Mm. Stop over analyzing. All the emotions are beautiful." When you eat, appreciate every last bite. Life is simple. Open your mind, arms, heart to new things and people. We are united in our differences. Ask the pers- next person you see what their passion is and share your inspirational, inspiring dream with them. Sorry, mm-hmm. Travel often, get lost. Getting lost will help you find yourself. Some opportunities only come once, seize them. Mm. Life is about the people you meet and the things that you create with them. So go out and start creating. Life is short. Live your dream and share your passion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what all that meant, but I was like, oh, okay. I'm inspired. I got back from Vegas. I didn't have a job to go to. And I had just turned 50, and there were four states left to go Mm. before I could check off the box that said I'd been to all 50 states. Gotcha. So I jumped in my car. And I drove a couple of road trips that summer, and I drove ten thousand miles mm. during the course of a couple of months—six um, thousand of it by myself, mm-hmm. which gives you a lot of time to think. Think, yes, and figure out what you want to do, and what your dreams were, and fill your soul, and visit nature, and mm-hmm. and all of those things that you needed to nourish yourself. Yes, because I think that when you when you hit that bottom. You're hollow, right? And there's this echoing thing, and you just trying to figure out, like, is there anything that sticks? Yes. So that road trip, I realized that there was this idea that I'd been percolating for over about a decade. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good idea, and I jumped headfirst into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember that I was surrounded by entrepreneurs all my life, Mm -hmm. but— They inspired me to just kind of go on and try to figure things out. I'm a serial volunteer, so when I (laughs) jumped into entrepreneurship, I started meeting people and asking how I could help. And along the way, um, it bridged me to a whole new career. So uh, I I wasn't a successful entrepreneur Mm. in that realm. I never launched my startup, but along the journey people recognize that this thing that i do naturally being in community helping to connect people identifying dots and and coordinating them that inspired somebody to say you know what i think you're an entrepreneurial ecosystem builder mm. and it was at a time when nobody said no, ecosystem yeah, yeah. and now everybody says ecosystem mm-hmm. and you wonder what it means right but um but i'm I, i'm now Helping to define that mm-hmm. in a way that is equitable and inclusive, um, and so that's a that's an amazing opportunity, right? I have the honor and privilege of being able to help people realize their dream, and that's—I mean, how cool is that?
1: Wow, that's powerful. I, you know, it's it's amazing to hear the story. Um, every time I hear it, 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 it it's amazing to hear.
2: Which uh, says I tell this story a lot.
1: Yes. Yeah, I've heard it probably <laughs> 10 times or so. But but what I love about the story is your perseverance, right? Like you understood that being let go of something allowed, released you mm-hmm. to be open to something else, Yeah. right? And so had, had someone talked to you about ecosystem building while you were selling timeshares you know what I mean or something like they you would not have been nearly as impressed or intrigued mm-hmm. right but after hitting rock bottom after like rediscovering like wait a minute I have more to offer right. than what I've been doing I've been relegated to what I can what they're, I'm being paid to do versus what I have the ability to do yeah and um that is now taking you to the world right
2: it has literally taken me to the world i think i think for a long time um around and, and i feel like even before before getting fired um i was in survival mode yes right so from the time that my divorce happened and understanding that i went from this idyllic very norman rockwell idea Mm -hmm. of what life should look like Mm -hmm. with the, and literally we had a white picket fence. Right. (laughs) I, and
1: the safest picture you can have. And
2: you you think, Oh, this is what life is. And then you realize that that's not really it because, because while we said happily ever after, we were like happily. Okay. Sometimes. And, and that, that sense of like, is this all there is in Mm -hmm. life? Is this, the sum of my life yes. is to be a wife and a mother and let me tell you being a mom is a really great gig mm-hmm. okay it's challenging mm-hmm. being a grandmother is great. even better yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. so so understanding that 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 letting go mm-hmm. You hold on what is it that they say you hold on because you don't feel like there is a future right. right so you hold on really tightly because you know that this is here right but if you let go then you create space for other things to happen that's it and so entering that realm and and then being divorced and yeah i got a decent settlement mm-hmm. whatever it was fine because that gave me the liberty to move on mm-hmm. But understanding I was still searching mm-hmm. for what it is that resonated with me. And it wasn't until I got fired that I started asking myself good questions, yeah. right? There are questions you ask yourself, Well, oh, what am I good at? What am I gonna get hired for? Yeah. You know, those and those are survival mode questions, yep. right? How can I get a job? How can I pay the bills? How can I put my son through school as mm-hmm. a single parent, which I grappled with and start a business, yeah. right? So now I have to decide, am I helping to buy books right. or am I going to um, keep the lights on, yeah. right? And who do I have to borrow money from um, in order to make that happen? It was definitely survival mode. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just now, literally just now coming out of that. Wow. Right?
1: Yeah. And what's interesting about that is, you know, you we, in the beginning you talked about belonging, and you had to find your people right Mm -hmm. and here you are again you're leaving an industry that you've known for 20 years and you're on a quest and you end up finding your people in ecosystem builders right yeah so let's talk a little bit about that pivot okay where you're pivoting industries so you pivot industries and you uh go from this this industry you've known for 20 years into this ecosystem building space um, talk about how that ha- happened. I know you know you had a conversation, but how did you get introduced to the Coffin Foundation? How did you start building there? And then how did you take that catapult it into the GN, uh, GEN work that you're doing now?
2: Oh, that was a lot of several pivots. Yes. So it's not one step. Right. And and it's interesting because uh, because. People see it as a continuous path right. when you look backwards, right? right? But going but, through but it is, yeah, hot And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and you don't know what's next. Yeah. And so, so that's really about ecosystem building and navigation, mm-hmm. right? So what we do is help people navigate because it's like going through the fog. Mm-hmm. You can only see that much in front that's of right. you. And if you have good people around you, mm-hmm. they can help lead just a little bit yep. so you see a little bit more. Okay, so... I jump into entrepreneurship, food industry, idea. My family was around food. Um, I had a wonderful mentor. She is still an incredibly dear friend, mm-hmm. but she basically squished my dream. Yeah, um, We laugh about it now. And at the time, though, it was a big relief when she said, you know, you have all these other skills, and I feel like there are other things that you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And if you want to keep continuing, I will help support this, yeah. but I really think that you want to think about what you want to do with your life. And I was devastated for like a minute and a half. Mm. And then I was really relieved because that was really hard. Right. And and I'm not saying that entrepreneurship should be easy, right? but I'm saying that it should feel aligned. Yes. At that time, I was lead organizer for One Million Cups mm-hmm. in Tulsa. And um, that's a a program that's run by the Kauffman Foundation or supported by the Kauffman Foundation. Mm-hmm. There are chapters across this country right. and um, people get to present their ideas and share with a hive mind. It's a wonderful thing. And along the way, um, I got on somebody's radar at the Kauffman Foundation, Jordan Marcel, uh, Marcello, who was running the program at the time. We were desperate because I got handed this thing um, and and she made a trip down here to Tulsa,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and it's a longer story. Right. But um, but somehow I got on her radar, and within two weeks of the conversation that I had with my mentor, I got an email to invite me to the inaugural eShip summit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck an eShip was, right. and I found out. Well, entrepreneurship is a very hard word to spell. Mm-hmm. And at the Kaufman Foundation, they called it eShip, and eShip was around ecosystem building. I didn't know what ecosystem building meant. Right. And they said, You know, the thing that you do where you help navigate and help people connect and find resources. And I said, You mean this stuff I do for free? Right. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> and they said, Not only is it a thing, but we believe you're an early adopter and we'd love to have a conversation with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I got invited to this inaugural eShip Summit in 2017 mm-hmm. as a volunteer. Right, Somebody who they recognize, 450 people, 47% women, mm-hmm. 29% people of color. Mm-hmm. It was the most beautiful room I've ever walked into. And I didn't know what the heck they were all talking about. Mm-hmm. This systems level thinking, complexity right. science, how do you help with accelerators, incubators, whatever. Now it's like everyday language right. for me. but um, But I didn't know then. But it wasn't like there was some kind of like... You know, trial or, or some exam you had to take to mm-hmm. get in the room. Like somebody just tapped you on the shoulder and said, you're an ecosystem builder. Right. And so, I had gone to another conference that um, Kaufman held. It was the One Million Cup Summit. Mm-hmm. And I talked about diversity, equity, inclusion. And... What I didn't know was that the 2018 ESHIP Summit, the second one, now I'm a sophomore. Yeah. I, know, I recognize some people now,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And I walk into this room, and and they showed this big video presentation as they welcomed everybody in. And all of a sudden, my face is up on the screen. Mm-hmm. They had taken snippets of the diversity, equity, inclusion conversation that we had at One Million Cup Summit, and they put it up there. And it was mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, to think that there are now 600 people in the room mm-hmm. right 150 mayors and 450 ecosystem builders yes and i was
1: one of them yeah by the way okay. yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> so we, we were in the same room yeah, right? didn't i met know each you at other, the time yeah and then I don't know if you remember this, but this guy gets up on stage. He mm-hmm. was the first fire starter. So these are short TED like right, talks. Right. And he gets up there and talks about the importance of community. Mm-hmm. And at the time he was the entrepreneur in residence at the Kaufman Foundation. Okay. He was writing the first community canvas. Mm-hmm. So how do you build community? And his name is Fabian Portmuller. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the authors of the Holstein Manifesto, that thing that I just read to you. Wow. So thinking about how the universe, when you send things out into the world, yeah. actually brings them around. So I've been on calls with Fabian lately. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working on the second iteration of the community canvas. And Wonderful. now I'm part of the conversation. So,
1: wow. Yeah. That's powerful. So two things I want to make sure we cover before we wrap up here is I, I, want, I want to understand or I want you to share with our audience you know how did you how did you hold on to hope throughout all of these journeys all of these obstacles the ups the downs the peaks the troughs how did you hold on to hope and how do you continue to um and then well I'll let you I'll let you answer that first
2: so so the the hope thing it's like a bucket right Mm -hmm. And and you have to keep filling the bucket. That's good every time. Yeah. I think that we, we we do ourselves a disservice trying to be happy. Mm. Happy is like a condition yes. that you think is just always going to happen, right. and it's not. It's like finding little moments of joy. Yeah. So so that that list I was I was mentioning to somebody when we were talking about about how do you do this somebody said write write down the things that give you joy yeah and keep that list in front of you mm-hmm. and when you and and not when you feel low right but like all throughout your day right. Do a little something that brings you joy. That's good, right? And so, this is not just for the downtime. Right. This is for the everyday is, time, yeah, yeah. right? This is maintenance. And it is. Yeah. It is. It's. It's totally maintenance. Yeah. I go out and get pedicures. You, me, not too. Be cured. <laughs> me
1: too. Me <laughs> too. So it's so yeah. it's that
2: pampering thing, and and then I used to write down quotes um, every day on my Facebook page. I would think about the emotion that I was feeling, and then I would Google quotes. Mm -hmm. And and as I read through them, it actually helped me center.
0: Mm.
2: And then I picked something that resonated with me and I'd share it out. And it it really didn't mean anything much at the time. But the funny thing is, when I look back on those memories, Mm -hmm. there are themes that come up on the same day. In fact, there has been more than one occasion where the same quote appeared two different years, mm. the same exact quote. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's an alignment here, right? right? Um, so that's one of the things I, I listen to and read books. Um, one of them, I'm currently. I was currently going through a rough patch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just because I have this global job mm-hmm. where I get to work with people all over the world and and do the thing I'm meant to do doesn't mean that it doesn't get tough. That's right. And so I'm revisiting this book called The Big Leap yeah. by Gay Hendricks that was um, introduced to me by Felicia Hatcher, who mm-hmm. is an epic badass, um, and she's somebody I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook because. She helps me remember not to play it small. Yeah. That the world does not benefit. So so people like that, mm. things, those kinds of messages, it helps. And then I stopped doing resolutions. Yes. I pick themes. Yeah. So one year I was gonna be vulnerable. Okay. And so if Brene Brown kinda takes that handle, mm. my friend Kristen introduced me to that thing, it's about being vulnerable and courageous mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna trademark it. No, I'm kidding. Just <laughs> but but it's the idea that you can be vulnerable and courageous at the same time. Yeah. Um my my theme this year is to fall in love with my life.
0: Mm, so I am good.
2: embracing the idea that I am at a place where I feel comfortable. I'm no longer in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna enjoy it. Mm. So I that's a long answer to your question.
1: That's really good though. Really good. Um, so you touched on there was five things, five questions you ask yourself. Um what and, and I, I'm assuming you use that to center yourself or to re-engage or kind of hold the mirror up, right? And so can you take us through a couple of those or share with the our audience some, some things that kind of you to center.
2: So, so this was defining my purpose, yeah. right? Instead of those self-help books that um, that tell you you should you should do what you love because you know then you won't work a day in your life. Right. Well, you know part of those things is that you'll you won't work a day in your life because nobody else needs that, mm-hmm. and so you know. Nobody's going to hire you to do all the things that you, that love, you love unless you're very you love, busy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, or very lucky. Right. And I think that we forget those things. So I just on a side note, um, we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion. Mm-hmm. I want to put two other letters in. My friends at Forward Cities use the term abide mm-hmm. instead of DEI or DNI mm-hmm. or IND or whatever you want to. So abide stands for access, belonging. Inclusion, diversity, and equity. Mm -hmm. And we forget that a lot of people don't have access. Access, that's good. And then that sense of belonging where you can be unapologetically, authentically you. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, thinking about defining your own purpose, not having people define your purpose for you. That's it. Okay? So that's in that Gay Hendricks book where you sit in your zone of genius Mm -hmm. and not your zone of excellence. So these questions were things that I've learned about from other people. And um, and I'll show them. So, number one, you want to ask yourself and people that whose opinions you really care about, what lights you up? Mm. What is it that you're talking about or doing where I can feel the energy across the room? Come
1: alive. Yes. Yeah.
2: So, what is it? that Because if you can live into that, if you can lean into mm-hmm. that, that's what you're meant to do.
1: Yeah.
2: Second question is, what is it that you're really good at? Mm-hmm badass good at your superpower good at mm-hmm. and that's not just what people will pay you for but like better than other people mm-hmm. and i always thought i knew the answer to the first question but when i asked people the second question they said oh connecting people mm. that's what you live for and you're really good at yep. it and i thought oh well how am i going to make a living right. With that? right <laughs> um the third question is what keeps you up at night yeah and the reason you need to know what keeps you up at night is because that's that whack upside the head that you're going to need mm-hmm. when you just want to roll over and go back to sleep. Right. To know that if you don't get up and action on this, yeah. that it will never get solved. Right. So understand what that is. And for me, it's that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. So understanding that people will always feel like outsiders mm. or people will not feel I won't feel connected. Yeah. That's what keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. that being an immigrant thing, mm-hmm. not not finding your people so that motivates you. Those were the three I focused on. Okay. My other friend my my dear friend Jill introduced two other questions and this is the action part okay. right? It's the what? so what? now what? Now what? Yeah. Okay? So number one, what is it that you can't stop doing? Mm. because if you can't stop doing it, you also need to integrate that in right, your life, right? right. Otherwise, you're going to spend a whole lot of time doing something mm-hmm. and then trying to find time to do something else. Right. The other question is, what is it that you're going to have to stop doing to do the thing that you're, you you want to do, right? Wow. So, yeah. So, trading your time mm-hmm. because the price and value of anything yeah. is the amount of life you're willing to trade for. It. Yep,
1: that's it. Yeah, you're investing life into something.
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. powerful. I think,
2: I think that there are resource there are resources out there, right? And there are people that help you navigate. Don't forget that those are people that that also need to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna work on um, how people find a way to thrive mm-hmm. and thriving for you and me may be totally, totally different, different things. Absolutely. So understanding so what I've learned in doing a lot of this work is the importance of perceptions Mm -hmm. and perspectives yeah, right and not everybody has to be one flavor one size does not fit all exactly okay and um and yeah so i think that's part of the writing the book so i touched on that um understanding that i couldn't write a book about collaboration and ecosystem building by myself Mm -hmm. i reached out to those people my people right whoever that may be mm-hmm. um and in this case some really remarkable women mm-hmm. and we're putting together a compilation so more on that as it as it evolves um and i'll leave you with a i, I don't think i have a call to action mm-hmm. to anybody except to say um one of my favorite quotes is by Dolly Parton who i think i, I dismissed for Far longer than than should be healthy for anybody. Mm. She is amazing, and she said you should find out who you are and do it on purpose.
1: Mm, that's good.
2: Yeah. So that's if really you good. Do anything in your in your life, yeah. Find yeah. out who it is you are. Then.
1: Well, that's a heck of a call to action there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can people find you? Um, how can people connect with you? Uh,
2: I th- there's a a website um that that i kind of have up on a um uh, that people could reach out um there i i write um sometimes on medium and it's it's all kinds of odd stuff. So I have I have poetry. I have um, blogs about ecosystem building. I just random thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. um, things about belonging, um, growing up Asian, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So I
1: can Google you, basically. They,
2: you can, I, can, <laughs> I guess you could Google me. I do support a global community of entrepreneurial ecosystem builders. Mm-hmm. Um, I work for the Global Entrepreneurship Network. Yeah. And so, yes, um, if you're... Wanting to celebrate entrepreneurship, we do this thing called Global Entrepreneurship Week. Mm. 10 million people, 40,000 events, 20,000 organizations during a week in November. Pick something that you want to do, invite some friends along, mm-hmm. and put it together. It's an open source platform and event, and uh, and we'd love for you to take part in it and go find your people.
1: Nice. Well, this has been a wonderful experience. Um, I Thank you so much for coming and being a part of new voices and uh, best wishes on your writing and on your traveling this year. Um, And look forward to hearing more from you in the the days to come.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, And I, anytime, anytime, anything you need.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn at New U Tulsa and visit our website newutulsa.com. Thank you again for listening and live on.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of New Voices. Visit our website at www.newutulsa.com. That is N E W U Tulsa.com. Follow us on social media at New U Tulsa on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And a special thank you to our producer, Jesse Ulrich. If you're looking for self improvement, join our free cohorts for personal and professional development opportunities. New You is a way for diverse talent to imagine, discover, and actualize a 2.0 version of yourself. Bring your future into focus.